Greetings and welcome to One Frame, conversations about arts in Saskatoon. I am Alejandro, your host for tonight. You are listening to CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon or streaming around the world on cfcr.ca. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. Our guest for tonight is Jan Corcoran, a Saskatoon artist born in BC. Jan has been involved in the creative field since early childhood. She studied psychology, women's studies, and sociology at the University of Victoria, where she also took clay sculpting, painting, drawing, and mixed media. In 1997, she moved to Saskatoon and joined several art classes at MLA with artists like Degan Linder, Greg Hardy, and Alicia Popoff. In 2007, she graduated from the University of Saskatchewan. She joined the St. George Studio with Miranda Jones and Degan Linder. Her early work included pictures of Ukrainian churches. She also fell in love with the prairies as it reminds her of the ocean. Jan also has been an advocate of the art, past president for Carfax, Saskatchewan. Jan has three current exhibitions running simultaneously in Saskatoon, Whimsical, a pen and ink drawings at Hughes Art Gallery. What was then is now is the title of the second exhibition of landscapes and non-representational work at the faculty club at the University of Saskatchewan, and you can see her work in progress at the open studio. After all the proper introductions, let's welcome Jan to our show. What can you tell us about you and, as an artist and what things inspire you? Oh, that's one of those loaded questions that artists get a lot of. And what does inspire me? Lots inspires me. The world inspires me. Sidewalk cracks inspire me. Clouds inspire me. People's work inspires me. Conversations, colors, shapes. It's all plays. It all play. They all play off each other. What can you tell us about you as a person and how that reflects in your art? My art that I do now, and I think it probably went back to the landscape too, it always comes from an internally driven through emotions that I'm working out or not working out or just as an example when I was doing boats and I never ever put people in in my pictures because I don't I'm not a figurative artist at all unless they appear I you know one of a review that was done by Sheila Robertson many many years ago said you know well I wonder what Corcoran what's happened to Corcoran's people I guess I don't know why I I never put people in aside from the fact that I'm not a figurative drawer or artist. The inspirations for my work change over time as as I more acquainted with my art and and what I'm doing and um, but I'm inspired by I guess life and things that are going on around me and I you know I was asked you know what do you, how do you do, how do you look at the world now as as an artist and and I think what it is is looking and actually seeing what you're looking at with that then I'm interpreting into my art as I as I go along and so looking at clouds and cracks in the sidewalk and other people's art and shapes and lines and and it all comes out through that. And and I'm inspired. I mean, I don't read a lot about other artists. I do if there's an article in the paper. And I find um, sometimes I'm very inspired um, 
by some artists, you know, when they're talking, because when they're asked that question, and I can go, aha. Uh -huh. Most of your body of work relates to you or presents you as an abstract painter. How was that transition? That transition happened when I was in university, when I was in about third or fourth year, and I had been wanting to go into the abstract. I, I guess my landscapes were becoming more and more abstract, and... Um, Graham Fowler in, in fourth year painting said, you know, anybody in this class who's thinking of making a change in, your, in the way you're presenting your art, would now is the time to do it because you're with your, you've got a jury of your peers and we're here and it's all supportive. And I thought, okay, that's what I'm doing. And I just went for it and did these huge, you know, six feet by four foot abstracts and they're stuck with it and then it changes all the time it's always and again it, that depends on what i'm looking at and what's inspiring me or what's going on internally and emotionally with me and um, can you tell us about your experience going to college to pursue a bfa as a mature student <laughs> And why did you start late in, in college as well? Well, I'd, as you said in your intro, I mean, I'd been going to university for many years, and as, well, my kids were in school and taking one course here and working and and one course there. I think when it started off, I mean, I had this sense that I had to have a, I had to be a professional of some sort, and it had to be a job that would be recognized as being a professional. And an artist, as we all know, is hard come by to be recognized as a professional, or as a, prof as a good profession where you make money. And then when we moved here, I was a clay. I was doing a lot of clay and raku work at that time, and uh, there wasn't a studio or a place to be. It was much more difficult. I was also doing painting at that time, but I was concentrating more on the clay. And I just decided. Michael said, "You know, okay, what are you becoming this year?" And I just said, "I'm going to do my BFA." That's what I did. What were the disadvantages of coming to school at, at a later at in a life? Later, yes, at later in life. Well, I came to school later in life because, because I could come to school and do it full time. The advantages are, were, I think, and still remain for many older artists who decide to do a degree later on, is that you, you for me anyway, I can't speak for others, but for myself, I had a lot more confidence and I didn't, I wasn't really too concerned about what anybody else thought, you know, I was more, it was more about experimenting and allowing the art to flow and to, to um, some things work, some things didn't work, but I didn't really care and so I found a lot of the younger students would look at me and say, well, how can you do that? You know, why you, how, how, and I just said, because I can. And uh, it doesn't always work. But, and they were more, because they were younger, and they were more about paying attention to what the instructor was saying. Whereas I would listen to the instructor and then interpret into my own, however I want to. And what disadvantage did you find to come later in life to school, if any? If any, yeah. Question really wide, why did I do a BFA when I did a BFA? Yeah. Because I needed to, that was for me, that was closure. I needed to have closure on going to school. And then they wanted me to do an MFA right out of a BFA. And I didn't, I said no. I mean, it took me 29 years to get my BFA. So. 
But, you know, one of the things that I loved about being at university as an older student and as also, um, you know, well into having done art for many years at that point was the ability to be able to, in a very um, gentle way, sort of be a mentor to some of the younger students. Nothing formal, but just, you know, helping students. I really enjoyed that. What are your materials of preference and how do they reflect your personality? My materials of preference would be canvas and oil. And um, I've done a lot of work. I've got a show up right now at Hughes, which is all um, ink, uh, alcohol, ink, alcohol, and pen. Like a kid in a candy store when I get into an art, st art store because... If there's something new, I'm probably going to want to try it. How do those... So how does that reflect my personality? Yeah. A curiosity, I guess. Curiosity. So you're a very curious person. Yeah, I'm very curious. I love, I love experimenting with art. And I think your, your work, as I have seen it before, it, it reflects that uh, joyfulness of your personality, and that's what I ask. Uh, most of her work is very colorful. Jan is a colorful person. She likes li uh, bright colors in her clothing. She is very smiley. She's always have a happy word and a, and a joyful uh, greetings for people. And I think that your work reflects some of that personality of yours. Thank you. Do you find that there's any spiritual content on your work? I don't think, I don't know that there's any spiritual content in my work um, from a conscious level. I'm not, um, I'm certainly not a religious person. Spiritual, yes. I would say I'm a spiritual person, but it's not, it's not from a conscious level. Because I was in the reception on Saturday at Hughes uh, Art Gallery and uh, I was listening to how people react to your work and some elderly lady mentioned uh, and I don't know her name because I haven't met her and she mentioned uh, that she liked the feeling of spirituality that these uh, pieces that you have and the color and all the transparencies that have is very spiritual work and she feel enlightened when she sees it which I yeah. thought that is a very endearing comment and, and if somebody talks about that of your work it's 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 exciting. That's, yeah, I, that's lovely to hear. So I, that's, I didn't know that, but that's... That's what fed that question. Yeah, yeah, I see now where that came from. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a difficult question because um, it's, again, it's that internal workings. And, and when you're doing art, as you know, Alejandro, is that it's an expression of yourself and it's coming out somewhere from... It, an internal drummer, a beating of, you know, having to, to express through the color and through the line and the shapes. And, and because I work in abstract, I always feel, I read a line once that said abstract work is like um, music without lyrics. And, and I looked at that and I thought, yes, that's what, exactly what it is. It's music without lyrics, but people bring their own lyrics to the music, you know, because we always look for things, especially in abstract, because we, we need, our brains need to make sense of what we're seeing. So you can be drawn in by the color and the shapes, 
And but there's something in there that if you're drawn to the work, then there's something talking to you. There's a memory that's happening there, even if you're not really, you're not really sure what it is. But there's something that's pulling you into that. Do you find that as and that's spirit? I think that's a spiritual. Absolutely, thing. that's a spiritual connection that you have. Uh, yeah. And did you feel that some of the language that you have of growing up in BC, you just uh, put that in your art, like the colors of BC and, and the color of the fall in BC and all those stories that happen in BC that are at times magical? No. <laughs> that hasn't... I, I, well, probably at some level, but it's certainly not at a conscious level. Like I, we were in Victoria for 20 years. When I talk about coming here and oh, it was such a in some respects it, because it's so different but then I I really came to appreciate how the prairie for me as I've said is very much like the ocean it's always changing it's never static it just and and there's no horizon on it you know it's so it just goes and the clouds come up and so for a long time I just felt like I was in this glass bubble when I was here but I mean, I love that connection, being able to make that connection between the ocean and, and the prairie. Uh, you know, it's, in, it's interesting what you say about that connection, because again, I'm not from here. I come from an island where yes. the ocean is there and is alive and it changes constantly. But you need to see it and look and see the difference in that and see that horizon, getting get that line and point of encounter inspiring you to just uh, wonder what is there and what is not. And I find as plain as the prairies are, that you need to sit and look. And it reminds me as well, uh, that connection with the ocean, especially when you have those fields of canola and those fields of, of, yeah. of, of flax and all those fields of, of, of purple leaves out, uh, alfalfa mm -hmm. fields and what's not. It's, it's just fascinating that you make that connection as well. Well, and it's also when you have that you have that horizon and it comes up from the horizon, like the weather comes up from the horizon and you can see it coming, you know, for miles. Like you can see this, if there's a storm brewing, you know, and the clouds start to change and they get darker and darker and bigger and, and they just come up and over. And then the next thing you know, you've got blue sky again, you know, as it's past over and you know in the mountains i mean the clouds get caught in the mountains so so, so to speak and so they don't move on but, but with the prairies and the ocean the weather comes and the weather goes and the weather comes and the weather goes and it can become quite inclement where it just socks in or i don't know but it comes from both you know it's both the the land and the horizon giving way to the sky. So how did you, why did, what did you make that choice to become a member of CARFAC and why did you just uh, embrace that lots of work that CARFAC does? Um, that was, that was a very deliberate decision once I finished university. I wanted to give back to the art community because I felt I felt um, CARFAC is an extremely important organization for the arts and has done more than probably most people would ever realize for the arts. So I wanted to be involved in that for a while. I just felt it was time to, to be involved in an organization 
like that. So I knew they needed board members, so I offered to sit on the board. Then I became president. Seven, seven years is had, a long but, time. But let me, I must stress that Carfax had, had and has one of the most solid working staff under under the board and the board was really it was a lovely thing to organization to be involved with mm, that's great that's where i met you actually yes, we were is. both yeah. uh, board members at one point at the uh, carfac and then you just finished your six years or what's not and then I'd, i stayed there working and it was very nice to just go to those meetings and yeah remember some that were in your house and you yeah. uh, cook nice too <laughs> Yeah, those, it's those, part of the art. It's part of the art uh, that it is. Are you still interested in the politics of art and advocacy for the arts? Or that just dissipated and you just uh, are concentrating more in your practice? I think right now, I, I mean, I'm always an advocate for the arts. Absolutely. I'm probably now between grandchildren and the art. And I'm probably trying to concentrate more on my art practice because I have less time to do it so I need to concentrate but anytime I can be an advocate for the arts yes absolutely and, and um, because it's important I, we, we, they, we were talking about this the other day the new world has no idea how important the arts is to the fabric of the country as of the world as a whole they, they understand it in probably 95% of the rest of the world but um You know, in the, where there are ancient cultures, where the art was the one that, that determined the culture. Absolutely. It, it, it also have changed the philosophy of how we live as humans. And yes. also it have also changed perception of politics and freedom and identity and many different things have been expressed through arts. Yes, absolutely. It, it's a field that allows people to express ideas that otherwise they would be muscle and it allows people who you know in countries where literacy is is not very high the arts can express a message can give a message and people who may not be literate can express what they need to say through art what is art space and what is your role in the organization i've been with art space for Uh, for four years, I think, three, four years now, four years. And um, my official title <laughs> was treasurer. Odd title for me, but anyway, uh, they needed a treasurer, so that was me. And I am now actually not treasurer. I am now the, a member at large and working uh, with Sandy Lettingham as to work with artists to bring them into the organization. And what is the, what are the goals of Artscape? We're a concept and we think, you know, working with um, the city and and other business people within the city to bring its um, to bring uh, make an arts and cultural hub for the population for Sa for Saskatoon. That must be exciting to have three shows at once in in the city and also one coming in December. What can you tell us or tell the audience about what to expect and and where are they and 
and how do you put them together? The first one, but Hughes, and the reception was, the opening reception was yesterday, and that's up till the end of the month, and that's my ink, mainly flower paintings, odd flower paintings, <laughs> whimsical flower paintings. My next opening closing reception is this coming Thursday, uh, from 4 till 6.30 at the faculty, university faculty club. It's tonight. Yes, that's tonight. You're absolutely right. And uh, that's a rep- sort of a retrospective of, of a lot of my landscapes, as well as uh, abstracts that have not been seen before because it is a large space and so it it takes up the two rooms and the upstairs um, lounge area. How can people access that room? They just go to the university where what part of the university is it located? I don't know if everybody's familiar with the university but it can be confusing so how can you direct people to go there? When you come into the university and there's the main building with the bus the bus whatever that's called the bus mall there instead when you come in it's off to as you're looking at that building it's off to the right there's louis pub and that and directly behind it is the faculty club and i believe it's in the same parking lot area or shares over uh, the new gym gymnasium but it's just a small building with a small parking lot in front and that's the faculty club, or now it's called the university club. And what are the hours? Um, the hours, I believe, are 10 till 6 or 7, depending, but unless they have something special going on. If you, anybody is welcome to go into the university club or the faculty club and look at the art, they ask that they come not at the high times, like at lunch hour, um, say from you know, quarter to 12, 11.30, quarter to 12, till say 1 or one thirty. But you can come in before that and you can come in after that and go up at the, you can go and see the art. And they have art, the art changes every three months. My show's up till the end of this month. It's been up for two months now. Oh, wow, wonderful. And what about your open studio? Yep, open studio is happening on Sunday, the 22nd of this month of November from 11 a.m. till 5 p.m. And we're located just to the left of Odd Couple. As you look at the Odd Couple restaurant, there's you'll see a there'll be a sandwich board saying Studio on 20th, and you go up the stairs, and we're upstairs. It's a beautiful space. I'd be very happy if everybody came out to see this show because it's not just a show. You're in a studio that has 11 working artists this is a real studio where the this is where the magic as they like to say the magic happens and when the frustrations and the tears and everything else if you've never been to a real artist studio this is the time to come and see it there will be work of other artists as well yes there will be 11 of us who are showing because there's 11 artists who paint up there. Can you say some of the names? So people, yes. they might know that some space. So. Yeah, absolutely. There's Miranda Jones, Bridget Aiken, Jane Harrington, Carol Wiley, Nikki Ald, Karen McGuire, Kathy Bradshaw, and Donald. And Brenda... You also have a show in December in, in a store. 
I find interesting and I want to ask you about why your choices of places for this exhibit. That was an interesting choice. We did a group show in at Green Arc. Um, we did a group show at Green Arc just after we opened in the summer. We opened in a mar in March uh, 2014, I guess, and um, we did a show in the, that that past summer in summer of 2014. Green Arc is a, is on 20th Street between Avenue B and C, on the north side of the street and uh, right beside Grazing Goat. And they have a beautiful space in the back of the store that they hang art. It's become a sort of a gallery and they have their, some of the furniture in there, but it's more of the gallery. They have an interest, I wanted to be in there because they have an interesting choice of artists that come, many emerging artists, students who are just fin have maybe finished their BFA and are doing really wonderful cutting-edge work, as well as um, more settled artists or older artists like myself coming in there and doing it. So it's a really nice mix. And you get different audiences because they have a large mailing list, I have a large mailing list, and other people, the word goes out. So I really like it as a venue. I think it's becoming sort of an up-and-coming venue. So this me. is from December 1st to January th the 30th, at, uh, 2016, in Green Arc on yes. 20th Street. Yes. Oh, and the opening for that, the reception, opening reception for Green Arc will be December, Thursday, December 4th. What are some of the future projects that you have in mind for the upcoming years? I would like to get more national exposure. I've sort of shied away from it, but I think I'm more or less ready to do that now. I did have a gallery in Calgary that sold my work very well. And um, unfortunately, the gallery closed when the downturn happened. There was supposed to be another one, and that didn't work out. And I've shown, you know, in different places. Yeah, I, I read that in your resume. Yeah, but... Um, Yes, I would like to get out there, maybe in Toronto and Vancouver, possibly showing in Vancouver. Oh, great. Is there anything else that you want to add to the interview or, or you want to add for the audience to know about you or your work or something that you just want to say and share from your heart to everybody else? Um, no. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I, other than I love I love. Saskatoon. I love it as an art. It's been huge for me to be able to paint here. And the support that you find from the art community here. Other artists will come out. <laughs> Nobody else may come to an opening, but you always have the artists there supporting you. And, and yeah, I don't know how much you find that in other communities, um, but you certainly do here. And that's one of the real joys of being here and painting here well thank you very much for for the time and i wish you a lot of success and a lot of uh, wonderful things in your practice thank you alejandro you were listening to jan corcoran saskatoon based artist and alejandro your host in on frame on cfcr 90.5 fm saskatoon and streaming nationally on cfcr.ca Thank you for listening. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or share a photo on Instagram. Have a great evening.